This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, here to talk camp takeaways for August 11th. Joining me again, Kyle Barber. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? Another beautiful day here in Owings Mills, albeit a little bit hotter than expected or you would like to enjoy, but overall, great day. How are you, Ken? Yeah, doing well, and, and it really was a uh, the first kind of miserable day of camp so far in terms of temperature, really hot and uh, uh, humid as well, just a, a kind of a pretty steamy hot day. Uh, but worse than that, on the field, uh, it was a day really defined by injuries for the Ravens and one that you never like to see in camp. But uh, uh, get some good news, Ronnie Stanley was back, uh, available for individual drills, still without his pads. Uh, I guess he practiced on Monday, took a day off Tuesday, he's back on Wednesday. Looked through, he went through a pretty full round of individual drills before uh, taking off and uh, probably working inside, that would be my guess, but he, but he looked good on the individual drills and uh, on his way through that on the offensive line. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, it's, it's good to see you know, Ronnie back and uh, been pretty exciting. Um, as for other guys that are injured, um, Ben Cleveland was uh, a player that had to leave a little bit later on in the uh, training camp session today, which means yet another offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman. He joins Kevin Zeitler, who is also not on the practice field. Haven't heard too much regarding an update on Zeitler. Right. Uh, you know, last thing from Harbaugh was between two days and a month, so between Cleveland, Zeitler, Bradley Bozeman, who did return to practice today, and Ronnie Stanley. That's four of the Ravens' five starters that are, you know, in turmoil at this point. We don't know exactly when they'll all be ready. Bozeman returned in pads. I think there's actually a pretty good chance he'll play on Saturday at this point based on, you know, him participating in a a Wednesday practice. Uh, But that's, that's 
much too much discontinuity again, as we've talked about a lot on the offensive line. Yeah, just not enough uh, cohesion there among the uh, starting five. And at this point, like we mentioned, uh, it's just Villanueva who hasn't missed practice mm-hmm. for anything other than a, a vet, day. vet day. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's concerning. But, yeah, I do think that the, the Ravens, if Bozeman is healthy enough to participate in preseason on Saturday, he will because they want to see him with some live-action reps at center for the first time um, against an opponent that's not their own defense. Yeah, good good point. I mean, obviously there's uh, there are concerns there that we'll get to about uh, about center play and the snaps, of course. Adafi Owe did not practice today. I I'm not sure if he's missed another day so far since camp began, but uh uh did not hear what the nature of the injury was. Did you get anything? No, nah, Harbaugh was a little bit uh, not wanting to talk injury when he was <laughs> at the podium today. And when he's not interested in talking injury news, it's best to just avoid the topic altogether. Uh, somebody in the media asked if there was an update regarding uh, Bateman, what their expectations are. And, and John's like, you guys can ask follow-up injury questions, but I don't think I'm going to be giving you all too many answers. It's too, t- it's too early to talk about it. We're not prepping for week one right now. We're still in the middle of training camp, so... He, he was he was nice but firm on uh, disregarding injury questions that were especially follow up stuff regarding that. So yes. uh, I didn't ask about Adafi Owe. I didn't. I wanted to, and then after he shut down somebody that's a little bit higher status than I am on the podium, I, I, I thought it best to not poke the bear. <laughs> uh, he, he definitely can get downright snarly after a couple of those injury questions have come on. Anyway. Uh, reporters just doing their job there. Life goes on. Dalen Hayes uh, also left practice today with a limp. Uh, so, you know, another rookie injury along with Bateman, Owe. I, I, it's just a, it's a bad run right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Harbaugh actually mentioned it in a serious XM NFL interview uh, yesterday about how um, they uh, these first-year guys, they're just not calloused up. They're not working this hard in college and it's not to say that college programs are inferior it's that when you're practicing in the nfl everybody's an nfl player when you're Mm -hmm. practicing on a collegiate team maybe five guys on your team may unless you're with you know alabama or Mm -hmm. clemson most of your teammates are not making the nfl let alone starting in the nfl or competing against uh, other starters so when you're in practice you know college camp is shorter than an nfl camp it's not as intense and uh especially on a hot day like today it it certainly is uh not as as tiresome and bluntly brutal as it can be here in uh, Owings Mills. Yeah, I think uh, there may be some people in Florida and Mississippi and whatnot that deal with a lot more heat than we do regularly that uh, might think otherwise. But anyway, that's that's okay for them. Uh, this this was a t- it was a very tough practice. Uh, let's let's talk offensive line here. Get off the injuries while we can for a moment. The, the number ones really degraded in practice, and they began with Phillips at left tackle, Cleveland, uh, Bozeman. Powers and Andre Smith back with the ones and Andre Smith back with the ones is something we kind of hoped we wouldn't see again just because he certainly had not played well he had some problems again today uh, that we'll talk about maybe but uh, he's a, a guy that I did not expect to see again with the, with the top unit yeah pretty surprised to see that as uh, the starting unit but I think uh, you know it might be Villanueva just saying you know these reps I, I don't really need to be working on too much it's a little hot for me as a vet and uh, 
There's no need for me to be participating. You can get these other guys some more reps here on something like this. Uh, but it also could be just they want to see as much as possible while they have the opportunity to do so because the first round of cuts is coming up fairly quickly and uh, you know they have to make that first decision on who they want to keep and who they want to stay. I believe it's cut down to about 80 people. 85. 85. So they have to cut five. So they have to cut five. And, and uh, you know, you want to keep as many of... Uh, you want to keep as many players as as you think are actually viable so that could be a move that they that they're trying to just get extra reps to every single offensive lineman before they have to make a tough decision to to boot somebody out of here and uh, Andre Smith uh, he's been trying to fight for uh, you know a little bit of a position here with the Ravens and and uh, I'm not sure if he can secure anything because they like having Phillips as the swing tackle as well. So they're trying to test both of these guys at the same time, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible there's, they had been talking up Andre Smith even last year before he opted out in terms of how good he looked and how ready he seemed. But, you know, I think it was a lot of coach speak, a lot of, you know, trying to motivate the athlete, trying to keep him. He showed up in fact, very out of shape. I thought for this camp, he's carrying a lot of extra weight around his midsection. Uh, does not really appear to want to be here in in some ways. I mean, I hate to say that, but but you know that's what it looks like to me. Is he's a veteran? He's certainly not earning significant dollars relative to his career earnings at this point. Uh, he may or may not really think he's got a chance to to play for a Super Bowl team this year in terms of you know whether he can make it actually more than whether the the Ravens are. Uh, uh, or a team that might contend, but uh, certainly a player who uh, who I, I would not expect to to be around. And yet, you know, sadly, if the Ravens had to draw up a roster from their healthy players right now, he'd be on it. And and that's a that's just a sad fact. Yeah, the Ravens are. Uh, Jeff Zrebic tweeted it out today that Ravens players are dropping like flies at this point. So many injuries have kind of caught up. Uh, the Ravens have been relatively healthy, if not some of the most healthy teams in the NFL the last couple years, last few years, in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. That it's tough to fr- it's tough when we remember the years what 2014 through 2015 2016 when it felt like every single day you and i were out there we watched multiple people get carted off on a near daily basis it was really stressful you know and and it was so unenjoyable as a as a media representative to be like i gotta write about another injury today and you go in the next afternoon and yet another person suffers an injury because that's not what we enjoy writing about or talking about, you know, on, on various medias. We want to talk about the exciting plays. We want to watch. We want to talk about the rookies looking good or, or a quarterback competition. We don't want to talk about how these players and their, their lives are changing due to uh, injury news and, and uh, suffering on the sidelines. So uh, it's it's turning out to be a little bit that way. It isn't nearly as bad as it was that uh, in, in years prior, but it's still uh, a, a crippling reminder of what training camp can become very quickly yeah absolutely and we are very fortunate the only card off the ravens have had uh well they they did have somebody in the office xavier kelly a defensive lineman i believe but but jimmy smith is the only card off and even his was not a uh, season ending affair they don't believe so so they really ha- hopefully keep your fingers crossed they still have not had one of those and we'll uh we'll see how that works out Let's talk a little um, Ronnie Stanley here because I thought that, that what he did actually was interesting. His feet looked really, I thought, very good 
He doesn't seem to be favoring either or adjusting for the strength of that ankle. Uh, he did a good job, I thought, on all the drills personally. And, and I like that. And there were their build-up drills, by the way. Watching the offensive line today was an extended, uh, t- probably a 20-minute session of offensive line reps where um, they went through individual blocks, which they do. Just one one guy blocks, the other guy wields a pad, and they switch off, and they do do it again. And then they move up to a you know a, a, a three-man uh, blocking drill where, where they block half of the line. One of the interesting things about that I saw was there was a lot of errant snaps in the offensive line drills from the center. The centers were trying to get off onto their blocks too quickly. And there's a there's a, a kid who's responsible for taking these snaps. And, and you know, the balls were up all over the, the strike zone, basically outside it. And he was reaching up for it. In a lot of cases, I think it might be his responsibility to hold the spot where he catches the snap so the coach can take a look at that too. And, you know, it was some awkward kind of positions. Yeah, he had to sprint back to catch a couple of those. I don't think many, if any, were from Bozeman uh, that I could catch. It looked like it was from the backups and uh, different guys that were trying to get set in on some reps there. I may be mistaken. You can definitely correct me. But uh, Ronnie Stanley, going back to him, because that's who we initially wanted to bring this up about, uh, we watched his flexibility when he was getting into his stance and he was showing Ben Cleveland how he gets in his stance, yep. how, how Ronnie gets down and he shows his hip uh, you know, height and he shows where his height is uh, as a whole. He's showing where his hand placement is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was designating exactly where he's looking up to because Cleveland's standing in front of him. They're standing face to face, but Ronnie's in his stance and he's just showing Cleveland where he he positions himself to uh, to be more successful. And, and one, that shows that Ronnie Stanley is one of the young players on this roster, yet he's still a, a veteran at this point. He's been in the league for quite a few oh, yeah. years in total. And uh, and and though he's young, he's, he's, you know, an elite pass blocker in the league. He's an elite left tackle. There's a reason the Ravens paid him a, a big extension. Uh, and, and he looks in great shape i didn't see if you would have told me that guy had suffered a season-ending injury you know uh back in i believe november his ankle you i wouldn't have been able to tell you which ankle or which leg or even if it was a leg injury that Mm -hmm. had subsided him because he was firmly entrenched in his stance and there wasn't him slowly getting into it you know i think you and i kind of paid close attention to that because we wanted to see uh just for ourselves in our curiosity's sake whether or not he is uh how far along he truly is in his recovery from that ankle injury a year ago. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I echo your comments on the injury. I want to go back to the leadership comments, though, because you mentioned some of that, but, but Ben Cleveland and Foster Serrell both getting nice hand placement information from them. A lot of come out of your stance stuff. Um, and and it, it's just great to see that. You know, he's an injured player. I love to see that anytime where an injured player come on be with his teammates on the field. We've seen some of that from Hollywood the last few days, but also um, be around to deliver a little bit of coaching advice when he can't play himself. So I'm sure we'll see Ronnie Stanley probably on the sideline on Saturday uh, and, and doing more of that maybe between uh, series with the offensive line. So uh, good to see that. I want to, want to go on to Cleveland now because he was a recipient of some of that advice, but he also uh, started the practice with a very impressive set of run drills. And, and then he was out, which is unfortunate. But, you know, I, I took note of this for, for starters because 
the run drills you would think are where Cleveland's size he could he could make the most impact, and he had a, he had a really good set. Although Cleveland actually in college was hell of a pass blocker, frankly. But in the run drills today got a really good solo push on Justin Ellis on the first play. Moved to level two, did not make a block, L2NB on my own score sheet. But he kept his right hand on Campbell, which is a nice thing to do. Now, when you get a level two on a play like that, one of the things that you would normally do is look for a cornerback to block. But those drills are done nine on nine, so they don't have a cornerback. This is not a second-level player for him to hit. So I thought that was also a good rep. Um, He pushed uh, Chris Board out of the way as he tried to fill. Very impressive in the third play. He pulled effectively squared up Dalen Hayes with as good a pull as we've seen in this camp. Hayes was really upset with how badly he got squared up. He knew, you know, he he got up and he clapped his hands together, upset with really himself about that, or perhaps to say good block, you know, but uh, uh, but acknowledging that he was unable to avoid it. And then a nice good level two block on, on Fort, and Fort has proved to be a very elusive player so far this camp in some of the running back drills we watched yesterday. So uh, I thought a great series for Ben. Unfortunately, that was it for him for the day. Yeah, it is unfortunate because Cleveland uh, needs as many reps as possible. He's a he's a little bit of a raw talent, but he is uh, phenomenal in in just about everything we've seen so far. You know, he's just learning a lot and getting more involved in this offense and and trying to get some of that cohesion that we've talked about the continuity uh, that's been stressed is so important um it's important also that he did so against dalen hayes because i had hayes as one of my better practice performers uh beat tyree phillips off the edge during 11s he had a second pressure on the right side as well i didn't see who that one was against so dalen hayes had a really good practice and uh ben cleveland being able to best him you know get him down like that on a pulling play in uh, in run drills is is pretty solid because dalen hayes for uh, you know, I don't want expectations too high for a guy uh, drafted as low as him, but he's looked just as sharp in some aspects, in some regards, as Adafi Owe has been in, in, in some particular sets and in, in, uh, practice reps. I'd yeah, say. I mean, I agree. They, they put out the first depth chart, and interestingly enough, it had Owe as a Sam linebacker, and we've seen him mostly on the rush side, so it's been a, it's been a mix of things. But if if Hayes were to go down, that'd be a very big loss for the Ravens. Um, Hayes, the very natural Sam linebacker, back up to Tyus Bowser on this team, one guy who would never really be in jeopardy week to week from being on the game day roster, uh, despite what people tell you about what the out, outside linebacker totem pole might look like. Owe will have a lot of learning to do if he has to be even the first and second down strong side linebacker who goes in there mostly for run snaps because he's still going to be expected to drop to coverage. And we have big hopes for what OA can do in coverage because he's so gifted athletically, but we haven't really seen that much. Most of what OA has been doing, he's been, he's been doing in terms of a pass rusher. Exactly. Um, overall, just, uh, I really, I'm just a little bit bummed out that uh, these players are going down with injury because, like you said, two of the guys that we've already just discussed, uh, Cleveland and Dalen Hayes, both those guys looked sharp, and both of them exited early in training camp today. So curious to see if uh, we'll see them tomorrow or in preseason on Saturday. 
and uh, as we move things along. Do you got a player on your list that you'd like to discuss, Ken? Uh, Sean Wade, I thought, had a good day. He had a big hit on uh, Michael Darius, out of bounds on the left sideline. It was almost too hard a hit for campus, particularly. <laughs> we hadn't quite had all this injury news unfold at this point, but uh, but the uh, the hit on Darius was very hard on the sideline. and knocked the, It knocked Darius out of bounds, though he maintained control of football and was waved as out of bounds on the play. Um, the other uh, play by Wade was a pass defense in the end zone, also on Darius and seven on seven. So uh, impressive couple of plays. Wade using his length well on that second play, really using his physicality well on the other. We'd seen more length and physicality out of Wade so far this camp, so it's good to see one of each. Yeah, I agree with you. I saw the the Wade hit. It was a little bit egregious of a hit for uh, Camp, but it wasn't like he had hit him low or he had mm-hmm. struck him with the crown of his helmet. I think <laughs> it was just a f- solid firm hit, is what I saw mm-hmm. it as. And he, you know, he caught him square in the chest while Darius was going up in the air, and that's what knocked him uh, off the sideline because he didn't want to allow the catch. And uh, the best way to do so was to kick him three yards deep into the sideline areas where uh, I saw that happen and unfold how about you another player you want to go with yeah i uh i liked what i saw out of lamar jackson in the first series of 11s today uh he targeted mostly tight ends and that's because rashad bateman sammy watkins and marquise hollywood brown were all out today bateman because of the soft tissue injury that we uh that's been you know slowly being updated sammy watkins got a vet day today or that's what it's assumed to be that's why he wasn't on the field Mm -hmm. and uh, marquise brown still recovering from his hamstring injury so a lot of tight ends were being were being utilized in this and that's kind of uh this is going to be in conjunction with jackson's successful first 11 series was uh tight ends were were targeted mark andrews great play for a little over 20 yards on a on a good catch uh in the second level there i think he split in between two linebackers or a linebacker in a corner and found a little Mm -hmm. bit of a soft zone on there um and then right afterwards uh uh, excuse me not marlon uh lamar jackson targeted um uh 85 tomlinson uh back-to-back plays in the red zone moved the chains a little bit and the very next play tomlinson caught a ball over christian welch for the touchdown a great drive there by the ravens offense and uh jackson was pretty sharp on his throws he threw a couple into a little bit of tight windows there found a couple other ones in the flat to uh i believe gus edwards and jk dobbins i might be mixing up different uh sets but i liked what i saw out of jackson today yeah, was, I, I thought a, uh, a a really good series, as you mentioned there. And I noticed from the from the scoreboard at the end of the day, the offense had won it. And I I kind of am shaking my head at this all day because honestly, Jackson after that first series didn't look that good to me. He was he was I thought a fairly fairly erratic, overthrew some receivers deep, uh, also threw the ball behind some receivers. But I agree with you that first series was quite good. Didn't throw an INT all day, so that's something good. Uh, does seem to be heavily relying on the connection uh, with Andrews a little bit to a lesser extent on the connection with Prochet, but frankly, that's understandable given you know the state of the receiving core right now. So he's got who he's got, and uh, and he'll throw them the ball. No doubt about it. Um, yes, I can agree with you that he wasn't as great after that first series. Uh, overthrew James Prochet on a play that Prochet bested uh, Tavon Young. And that's something that mm-hmm. I've been really wanting to watch. Is because when he's going up against guys like Khalil Dorsey and Devontae Harris, we've noted that you know he needs to be competing against higher named or titled players or higher on the depth chart players before we want to get excitement too high. Beating Tavon Young in the slot is not easy. And just 
just in coverage in general is not easy. And for him to gain a couple of steps of separation against Tavon Young was big. And for Jackson to overthrow him by about like couple a few yards was a little unnerving, especially when you have like that's what this team has been talking about for all off season uh, is just we got to get better on deep throws and deep routes and. I got to connect on those guys. And Prochet is a guy that gets open against Tavon Young. You got to be able to hit him, if not hit him in stride. Yeah, it, it was it was unfortunate they overthrew him. I, I, I got to say, as much as I wanted to see Prochet battle Young, I want to see Young take a receiver deep down the seam uh, and, and try and match him step for step because Tavon's now been out for a couple of years. That's true. <laughs> you know, he's missed three of the last four. So, so I hope he's the same player he was in 2018. It would be a big deal for the Ravens if, if he could be. He was great. Uh, and uh, his speed is the first level of concern. We've seen a little bit from Tavon in these last few days, a few PDs here and there. Uh, I haven't really seen exceptional play from him. Uh, but, but at least he's hanging around and, uh, and, and he's done some things well. And when the season starts... Tavon Young will start doing all those other Tavon Young things like rushing the passer, playing run defense, and all the things he does well out of that, out of that nickel role. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Absolutely, yeah. He definitely does do a, a fair amount of rushing the passer in there, and they've got him keyed in on some of those plays that I've noticed throughout uh, training camp. But uh, let's move on, Ken. Who's who's you? Who do you have on your list? Well, I, I, kind of a surprise. Jordan Richards had a huge day today, and uh, you know, a backup safety who basically played a lot in Atlanta, uh, and and played even regularly for a period of time when Atlanta needed him to came to Baltimore as a special teams ace and basically has not been trusted to be on the field at safety. They've, they've used him only a handful of snaps in two years here, uh, but, but he was out there and played well today. He had three passes defensed, as I caught it. He had consecutive passes defensed against tight ends, Eli Wolf and Tony Poljan. Now those, are, those are big bodies. Obviously, any tight end is. Tony Poljan is probably one of the biggest bodies <laughs> at tight end in the entire NFL right now. He's about 6'7", 280, so we're really talking a, a, a monstrous player. Uh, he had a pass defense against Devin Duvernay that was flagged, um, and then he had two versus. I'm sorry, I'm I'm uh, I've got the wrong guy here. Uh, <laughs> he did have another pass defense. I don't have it marked, but I'm looking at at notes I know are from yesterday. The the <laughs> two the two on Wolf and Paul Jan are definitely from today, and I'll get you that third one here before we get off the air. Yeah, not a problem about that. Um, I saw I saw some great things out of Jordan Richards. Uh, he looked pretty sharp in his efforts there. But uh, I was I was curious, um, just how how is he able to go up against the bigger guys? You know, Poljan is bit like you said. He he looks like a right tackle out there, or uh, or a little bit tall, uh, too tall of a guy that's playing defensive end is how he comes off. And for him to run across the field and make some pretty tough throws and some big catches. Uh, he's entertaining to watch. So Jordan Richards being able to go up against him and and uh, catch him off guard or catch off, uh, you know, play against the play off the ball like that and and break up a few passes was uh, pretty impressive. A guy I like to watch as well was Ardarius Washington. Um, he unfortunately had an excellent play pulled away from him. He and James Prochet were working up on the right side of the field. I believe it was in uh, sevens. It might have been 11s, but uh, he's running up stride for stride with him. He jumps up for the ball, high points it, 
tragically, uh, James Brochet was doing the exact same thing. And you have four arms wrapped around this football. And they're running. They're both running down the field trying to pull it from the other person. Their legs intertwine. They fall down. And Ardarius just doesn't fall down on it as successfully as Brochet does. And Brochet is accredited with a big gain. But Washington was right there with him. Looked good on that. And I think that, to me, like he he didn't do all too much else other than that that I noticed in, in training camp uh, today during practice. But I thought that was well enough to – I wanted to notice him and, and uh, say he, he's done pretty well thus far. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he's shown that variety of skills the Ravens like out of that slot corner and, and is a guy that – you know, maybe they'd even consider in a dime role because of, of some of the versatility could give you. And I think also it would it would if if you stick him in there at that weak side linebacker spot on passing downs, it reduces the coverage responsibilities, which are probably weakest part of his game. He's looked pretty good physical near the line of scrimmage. I think he has that kind of Corey Ivy, Tavon Young mentality that he could rush go to get after the quarterback. And we we've seen a lot of defensive backs as we've talked about in previous episodes in the backfield this camp. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a player that I. I think he is definitely uh, a possibility to make this team. And uh, and that's really saying something because it's a very deep defensive backfield. No doubt about it. Do you have another guy on your list, Ken? I, I do. I want to talk a little bit about Chris Westry. And he had a, a plus and a minus today, but he had a really nice um, uh, pass defense uh, on a long ball. And he had another where Darius made a 30-yard-plus catch uh, this is Michael Darius, not our Darius, Michael Darius. Uh, a, a deep catch down the left sideline for 30-plus yards. Uh, Westry came up tapping his chest. I like to see that anyway. You want to see the responsibility you know, taken appropriately rather than meted out by, uh, you know, a, a uh, what, what do we call it, emoting by other players on the field. So uh, good to see that. And Westry, uh, with his long arms, still making his presence felt uh, every day at camp. Yeah, you can really notice when he's on the field with the uh, the ones or twos, just because he's so much taller and, yeah. and he's has so much length compared to everybody else. Uh, Marcus Peters dynamic, but he's not you know six four. Marlon mm-hmm. Humphrey dynamic and also not six four. And when he's standing in there with some of the smaller guys like Tavon Young and Ardarius Washington, mm-hmm. you really see just how much length he has and how you can see that there is a, a huge aspect that you can't teach tall. And that's exactly what Westry is, along with some of the skills that he's been demonstrating in camp thus far. I, I've got to think if the Ravens cut him, there is a, he's going to the Ravens aren't going to be able to keep him. I wouldn't no think so. So you know how he plays in this preseason will be very important to him for his career. But and also the Ravens are going to have to decide: do we want to stash a couple of guys? And you're limited in how you can do that. You still have to have guys make the 53 on the initial cut before you can do things with injured reserve and whatnot or if they're if they're put on injured reserve before that first cut then they're then that's season ending injured reserve and they can't come back from that but if they put on after that first roster is formed then they're eligible to return and they in fact have the three-week return privileges for the entire season so that's a really big deal and chris westry is the kind of player you might cut Anthony Levine or Jordan Richards for because those guys presumably can be re-signed by the Ravens uh, if they have these these nice wink wink deals in place and uh, and you might be able to to sneak a guy like Chris Westry onto the roster that way. Yeah, they definitely don't want to let him go. You can see how 
uh, impressive he's been so far. And, and John Harbaugh talked about him at the presser when he was asked about him and, and showing how he's just making consistent plays and, and how he just wants to see what he's got in the preseason at this point because he's really performed well up to this point. Um, as well on that is just... Uh, the wink wink deals and stuff like that another good aspect or good news aspect that was reported yesterday is that there's unlimited returns for players on injured reserve during the season so you did mention it once they make the initial 53 roster and then are placed on injured reserve it's a three-week return instead of i believe it was a six or eight Eight. and then on top of that um it used to be only two players could return and even before then it was only one one. now it's unlimited about as long as they suffer injury and uh, you put them on that three-week timetable which i like a lot it allows for more players uh in the nfl it allows for teams to uh you know keep up the quality of play that uh the this league offers with the amount of athletes that are playing and and uh the amount of injuries that they're sustaining yeah it's it's extremely popular with both the players and ownership to have that rule so it was an easy one to extend they actually put that in place for last year's covid season because they wanted to make sure that that they could use that pool of injured players not punitively cause teams to lose guys for the entire year um, to try and make sure they could get done with the season and you know with another covid year here we may have a few absences due to that but i think the owners really realized along with the players that they really preferred this three-week system to the to the to the longer system i think it's here to stay i don't think it's going anywhere but uh but we'll see in the future in in future cbas as far as uh, uh how that's dealt with so uh i i, I think it's good and i definitely think a team that's extremely deep, like the Ravens, is one of the one of the primary teams that can benefit from it, and uh, we we should see some of that. I'm, you know, I, we should talk maybe a little bit about what do you want to see on Saturday night. Once, a, do you have another player? First of all, you like to talk about from today? Um, I love Mark Andrews. He's been this guy that's dominating ev- almost every single practice. Uh, he's going up and catching great passes he's catching the off target ones that he's got to extend he has a big catch radius and it was talked about by bobby angram uh tight ends coach for the ravens now uh at the podium today that you can see he's going 100 percent every play even though you know he's he's an established player in this league and he's an established player specifically on this roster he doesn't have to be concerned about uh things like that and it's very easy i think for for competitors when you when you've reached that upper echelon at your level at least in the on on the field that you're playing on when you're so established and you're so good it it can be easy to take a player too off yeah you know i mean and he's not he's not doing so and uh and it's just impressive to watch him do what he's doing on the field the the other guy who's in that category is humphrey and in a way they're different because andrews hasn't been paid yet and and maybe he's the kind of guy who should hold off not take quite as many chances because you know his first contract is still out there and and there's always a chance that something could go wrong like he did for say matt skura who ended up not getting paid by anybody because it, you know he just got hurt at the very at the worst possible time mm-hmm. but but mark andrews has not been paid yet marlon humphrey yesterday on the 70 yard pass to, to watkins tried to run him down from the opposite side of the field and it, it was just a thing that I, I would never see from a veteran player during camp. And we even, I, it takes you back. I, I, I went back to a Lardarius Webb chasing somebody down that had effect. But the other one I can think of that was that was egregiously bad during the regular season was on Nick Chubb's 88-yard run in 2019. That was the last game the Ravens lost 
to Cleveland before the playoffs. And then they were they had, they were two and two after that game. They were up fourteen and two. Um, we had uh, uh, Thomas pull up in the secondary, mm-hmm. and you know he's he's willing to go to the podium. I think, oh no, you could blow a hamstring doing that. I don't want to do that. I'm, you know, it's, <laughs> I it looked terrible. He pulled up in midfield on the play. You know, he he was five to seven yards behind it, but but really, I mean, it's just it, it's a terrible look. Horrible look. Horrible look that you see him uh, pulling up at midfield against the divisional opponent yeah. on a play like that. It, it sends a message to you in it sends a message to your coaches and your teammates and uh, every single fan that's tuning in, be it in the stadium or on television, that like this guy's not willing to go 100% until the whistle blows. And that's not a Baltimore Ravens thing that we've ever watched. We've watched these teams go too hard during the whistles, let alone after the whistle. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's awesome to watch Humphrey and and Andrews put so much work into their craft when they're already among the elite at their respective positions. Yeah. I had a, handle, a handful of other individual highlight plays. I'll just go through those really quickly. Anthony Averett, another pass defense in the end zone against Benjamin Victor. Uh, Justin Houston beat the right tackle. And again, it's Andre Smith, but he beat him very cleanly outside for a pressure. I thought it should have been whistled as a sack. One of the things they were doing was kind of taking it easy, letting the offense run their offense, uh, you know, particularly with the with the downed offensive line situation. So, uh, you know, probably a sack under normal conditions for Houston. Um, the offense on their last series or one of their last 11 series was called for two false starts and a holding in one set of 11 on 11 reps. That's way too much. I mean, this it, it, you, the false starts give you an idea that the unit not playing together, but false starts are also an individual penalty in a way that you know you need to hold your water individually and know what you're doing. Um, the, the holding call, additionally, you know, obviously not a, not the worst thing to see, but additional flags in a in a short period of time, obviously frustrating for that for the uh, offensive coaches. Yes, uh, nothing kills offensive drives more than pre-snap penalties, and uh, well, the Ravens and Ravens fans have seen it all too familiar. Big play goes down the field. Ravens are driving. All of a sudden, they're in, they're within thirty yards of the end zone, and the first and ten that follows a forty-three yard gain is a false yeah. start, and it's now first and fifteen, and they can't get the fifteen yards, and Tucker's is trotting on there for a forty-three plus yard field goal. So getting those under control is critical but you mentioned it there is a complete lack of continuity with these five guys and it's both an individual uh, failure as a penalty but it's also a, a, a system thing where when you're not as familiar with the snap when you're not or the snap count or you're not familiar with where you're at and getting out of your stance and trying to read uh, a, such a terrifying system that is going that you're going up against in Don Martindale's scheme um the jumping is a uh, is understandable sometimes, but overall, uh, the, you got to get those things together because no, that's something coaches absolutely loathe, and uh, fans certainly do too, and they'll complain about it all across social media. <laughs> All right. And I, I, I love doing these with you, Kyle. And hopefully we're not done yet for, for camp. Uh, let's tell people where they can find your work. Absolutely. 
you can find me on Twitter at Kyle P. Barber. I am the BaltimoreRavens.com's late-for-work writer for the Monday and Wednesday editions. So mine just came out earlier this morning, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Also, there is uh, a bunch of content posted on BaltimoreBeatdown.com that I am the managing editor of. Definitely give those a read because we have some excellent content starting now. And uh, there's some exciting content going on through the future as the NFL season ramps up. So take care and tune in. Okay, I want to talk to you about some additional Film Study Baltimore content coming up the next few days. Uh, We will have somebody back on, and Kyle, you're invited if you want to do the show to talk about what do we want to see from that first preseason game. Probably do it uh, tomorrow night, and if you're available, love to have you, Kyle. Uh, just does that right now. But if uh, beyond that, uh, the first preseason game is Saturday night, and we're back to regular film study episodes. So we'll do an episode on the defense, episode on the offense. As you know, with the preseason, uh, my focus is on trying to grade players who are on the margin of the roster, not the established veterans because they won't play very much anyway, but really trying to dissect the play of those younger players, usually who are on the margin of the roster, or maybe some other players like Justin Houston, who we're not, we're not sure if they're quite up to speed yet. And, and we want to see what they offer and the snaps that they have. Uh, but we'll look forward to that. We have shows on, uh, on uh, Monday. And, I'm sorry, coming out on Sunday and Monday. Uh, Sarah Ellison will be joining us for one of those, and we really look forward to that. Uh, Kyle, thanks a ton again for being on. Happy to be here, Ken, as always. I'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.